What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. What's happening, y'all? Welcome back to the 214th episode of the Rideshare Rodeo. Uh, we are back in audio format, you guys. Um, I'm going to be having some guests join, too, but I'm going to be back for a week or so um, just doing it me, solo. This is going to be a thing that is going to be kept to the audio side, too. I might tease a couple of the, uh, some maybe some little clips uh, over to YouTube, but more to direct people to listen to the whole episodes over here because... Um, uh, these are going to be just news informant ones like we've always done. And I've got some new things and flair and all kind of some cool stuff coming, you guys. Um, but also just to keep it back to original ro rodeo format. Um, so yeah, thank you guys so much for being a part of everything. Um, thank you, Para. Uh, thank you, Middleton Technologies, uh, aka GaryZaps.com. Thank you, Solo. Thank you, Moves. Um, thank you, Buckle. And I hope whatever you're going through is a reformatting situation right now. Um, thank you to Display Ride. Thank you to Curry. Uh, thank you to all of the companies that I've worked with and have had the pleasure of knowing and everything over the, over the years. I mean, this has really been a journey. Um, started in two, 2015 with Rideshare. And... Um, Rideshare took me pretty much right up to the pandemic where I was sticking with Rideshare. And when the pandemic happened, um, clearly I found myself in a very odd position because uh, while it was the pandemic, we had stay-at-home orders. I have, I, at the time, I had a, what was supposed to, my son was supposed to be his freshman year of high school that was done from home. And even his sophomore year was weird. If you remember 2021 or, you know, the second year of the pandemic really wasn't that much different. Um, I mean, it was because they were back, but they were also, they, I don't know about where you guys are, but they would close school, you know, without breaks. And I mean, of course, but it, it, it seems like it, you know, clearly everybody's doing the best they can. DPS Denver Public Schools doing the best they can because um, they've never been through this, but uh, you know, it it was it was just very trying on all of us, you know. So me and my son spent, uh, you know, pretty much two years or whatever that was a year plus, maybe a year plus in the house alone, um, pretty much not really, you know, only communicating with each other. And that was his freshman year, and then like kind of a, a mixed sophomore year, um, and then all the craziness in the high school these days. And his school is no. Um, exception to that uh, there's never been a school shooting knockwood his school um, but as you guys are aware no matter where you're listening to rideshare rodeo podcast um, colorado is uh 
is not immune to the problems of school shootings. In fact, probably one of the highest states in the country uh, ever since Columbine. I mean, it just, you know, you'd think something like that would kind of slow or, you know, then it, it you know, who knows? It's, hap- it's happening everywhere and we're all just sickened by it. Um, I don't know how I got spun on on that, uh, but um, basically just trying to bring you up to speed. So when the pandemic hit, I was here obviously doing rideshare. And then the other work I was doing was laser production work. Literally both of those, I mean, the stay at home orders and all that that was going to happen. Okay. But literally those two industries went from beyond busy to dead in one day. Um, You know, both are coming back now. So now I got Max in his junior year, my son. um, And, uh, you know, and we're starting to look at what he's going to do after. Is he going to look at colleges this summer? We're going to have to do all that kind of stuff and um, really be focused in on what he's looking at. Um, You know, maybe a trade school. I don't, he's looking at a few different things. We'll see what he does. Uh, He's a very smart guy. Um, But yeah, so, you know, the pandemic hit and I had to figure things out quick. Uh, and like, I like, like I often say, you know, I'm not, I'm a traditional gig worker. So I've been doing gig work, laser lighting, um, pyrotechnics, um, for multiple different things, um, from Cirque du Soleil to, uh, um, world tours with Elton John. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in some capacity, I've been on all of these. So that is a true independent contractor because I was a salary employee with the laser company that trained me, um, which by the way, um, kudos to my boss, Tom, uh, he's about to receive one of the largest awards or it is the largest award you can receive. It's a lifetime achievement award in the ILDA, which is the international, lighting and design association he will be winning that this uh um this year for uh his work with lasers over the past 40 years or 50 years wow it's getting it's getting up there 40 years and i'm gonna if i think it's 50 years now 60s late 60s okay yeah 40 years probably because it was about 70 so 40 plus years whatever um but he's made an amazing career if anybody in the production field not even just lasers lighting um sound staging uh production management uh arena management um you name it anybody involved in production knows that knows my boss basically or <laughs> you know at some point has met him maybe they haven't worked with him but they've met him they know him um just a really good guy but that was all down so what did i do I, you know, I, I jumped ship and I was already running the website, uberliftdrivers.com, which is being merged into rideshare right now. Um, and I ran with that a little heavier. So, you know, I, I had been running that for two years while I was doing rideshare. I was doing it on the side or at night or when I could kind of thing I was entering and it was about four times a week. So it was actually getting a lot of action come the pandemic ever since the pandemic, it's been a daily drop every day even if it's just a news cycle for that day of the top stories it's all in there um so like anything i'm talking about this is why i love the whole setup that i have the audio podcast the website 
and then the YouTube and other social media channels, because here's why. Because if like things on YouTube get said and whatnot, I am always able to port, point my sources to rideshareradio.com, which will take you to Uber Lyft drivers for the time being.com right now. Um, and anything I'm talking about, the articles are are on that site to to where you can read it yourself. So you can deeper dive than I'm giving you, but I'm telling you straight from the article. So it's almost like everything I verbally say is pre-source coded or pre-source footnoted on any live I do. So I think that I know that my audio podcast uh, people really appreciate this. I think I'm trying to get the YouTube people to not appreciate it, but really recognize what that means because it means you're not getting any BS from me. Um, you know, there's times we have different shows where, you know, we, we might, talk about like what we think might happen that's different much different um but anything i say when we're talking factual can all be fact checked and i don't know anybody else on youtube that can say that um i mean there are people who do things based on an article or this or that but often they're just saying things that they heard or they did this or that or this all of mine comes from real source news so um just keep that in mind. Um, I'm just pointing it out. The audio podcasters, you guys are great. I mean, you guys have, you guys were, I'm, I'm over 160,000 downloads now altogether. And we're, we're over a thousand downloads a week. So, I mean, you guys are amazing. And uh, I'm glad to be back doing the audio podcast. So um, it's runtime will be 45 minutes to an hour every week. I'm hoping that's going to be the target. Um, if you guys remember, it used to be like an hour and sometimes they go a little over. I definitely don't want to go over the hour whenever possible with the audio podcast because I just want that to be an easy one hour block. Um, and I think that you guys will appreciate that too. Now, as you know, and I will continue to do this, we do a roundtable on YouTube um, every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Central or 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, it's me and, um, Kim, Kim side money plans. Hannibal is hungry. Uh, Gary Middleton, middletontech.com and, uh, John dash theory TV. You can find all those guys on YouTube, or you can go to any of the Thursdays and look in the show notes. You'll find their channels. But, um, if you guys want to join us on Thursday live, you audio listeners, that's YouTube rideshare rodeo. And you guys know, and then you'll see it there. Plus, subscribe while you're there. I don't know if how many of the audio... I haven't done this in a while since I've been back in the studio doing this. But um, yeah, if you if you haven't subscribed, even if you're not on YouTube much, uh, would love to have you. So uh, you can just... And if, if you're not looking to be on YouTube, um, if you don't mind subscribing and just turning off the notifications, it helps me out a little bit with the algorithm and gaining traction on that side. But uh, So I would very much appreciate it. And for those who already have, thank you very much. I appreciate you as well. And I know I get a lot of emails from you guys and the video side doesn't, I've told some people I work with on the video side, but um, they don't understand that there are a lot of you who, who don't watch YouTube. There are a lot of people who listen to this podcast who don't. And here's how, you know, like how, how I know it's odd because I can be talking about DoorDash on the audio podcast and have over a thousand listeners and almost none of you on the audio side might know who Pedro uh, Santiago is. But on the DoorDash side, if I talk about DoorDash on a video, 
every single person who watches that video knows who he is. So it's a it's a really odd thing. So by the way, that's a plug for Pedro. Go check out his channel, Pedro DoorDash Santiago on uh, YouTube. If you are a dasher or a food delivery, he does he does a little bit of rideshare too. But um, if you're not familiar, uh, he he covers the food delivery space pretty well. Very active channel, um, and that's why I'm recommending it because even when he's talking about insights and stuff, he's really built quite a following. Where um, the people in the chat are putting out as much information as Pedro, and and it, and by that I mean even questions. So if you have questions and it's specific to to delivery, you guys are always f- free to email me, and you know that uh, Steve at RideshareRodeo.com. But um, if you're ever, you know, and I, I don't, I can't even tell you when because he broadcasts so often. But just check out his channel. Um, if you guys ever just want to see a bunch of other dashers and Uber Eats and Grubhubbers and things, um, kind of conversing about some topics, check it out. I know every Sunday is like his big deal show. Um, that's the one I like to drop in on. I can't drop in on everybody's live because I'm raising a son and uh, I have a ton going on. But um, he. Uh, Sunday Night Live is a is a really fun show. It's a great group of people. Um, the chat's fun, and for those of you who have on the audio side, and this last thing I'll say about it, who have told me that you just you know you, you just can't stand YouTube because of all the drama, um, that is something I'm hoping to have my friend Hannibal on here for to talk about. I want to have Hannibal on here onto the audio podcast now that I'm back because he's a big he has some feelings on this as well. And I think he'd be a really good conversation for this, but um, so Hannibal been challenged to come on the rodeo podcast. <laughs> He's been up before, um, but also we should be plugging Hannibal because other thing I will say real, real, real quick, you guys, um, Hannibal is hungry. Check him out on whatever, whatever, um, whatever audio podcast platform you're listening to me on whatever your preference is for audio podcast platforms, whether it be Spotify, Pandora, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Pandora, whatever, um, or any offsets. Hannibal is Hungry is now populated amongst all of those. So check him out. Um, He doesn't drop on a regular basis yet. (laughs) Let's see if we can get him there because... uh, uh, he's got he's you know he, he's he's got a lot going on he's 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 like me he writes he does this he does that and and he's just got a different view than a lot of people so check him out um even just if you're not willing to go to the youtube and check out pedro or even check out me or you just won't go to youtube i get it. i talked to you, a lot of you guys and now you can go check out at least hannibal is on audio podcast and i think he only has a few episodes out maybe three or four but hannibal is hungry check him out Okay, guys, let's get into this. First thing, um, let me just say, I know you don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Taxes, 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 taxes. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Um, I'm looking at a picture right now. This isn't even the article I'm going to talk about, but I'm looking at a picture from an article, and it's exactly how... Like right now, I'm staring. <laughs> it's exact. It's like a perfect capture of like the moment where you're actually sitting down and looking at it and realizing, oh, I gotta do this. Um, for some of us, taxes can be as easy as a half hour. For some of us, multiple hours. For some of us, real nightmares where we find we don't have everything or whatever. So we have one week left, you guys. 
There's one week left. And so you have a few options. Um, run? No, just kidding. <laughs> no. So number one, already have them filed. You're good. Your aces, boom. Good. Number two, you haven't done them yet, but you're you're gonna. You have one week. What I would suggest is if you're in that boat, make sure to pull everything out like today or tomorrow. Even if you plan this weekend on doing it, pull everything out that you're going to need and put it in a folder. You don't need to read it yet. You don't need to go through it. You don't need to this, that, and the other. But make sure digital things that you have, you make a folder for taxes and move the emails over that you might need. Anything that is, you know, anything that you're going to need to for declaring whether you have children, whether you're married, whether you have multiple jobs, W-2 and gig economy work, just get it together, kind of look at it, shut the folder. I understand we're in the work week or whatever you might be doing. I don't know, maybe you're going to do it this week, but I always say that to people because I hate it when people say Saturday, I'm going to sit down the whole day and do it. I've actually been victim to that. And I can say that that always ends up meaning way more time than it should have taken. Um, so it's best to get your stuff out at least first, because when you actually sit down and do it, yeah, it's not that difficult. Um, I will say this, if you are in number three is you're going to try and do it yourself. But if you need a professional, if you are in that boat, sit down today or tomorrow and see if you can get your taxes done. If you can't get with somebody right away, because there are places that I wouldn't recommend because I mean, I, I don't need them but that aren't the most amount of money and who can file for you if you really don't know for sure what you're doing. Um, you guys, you can also, um, it's probably not a good week for, to, for, for me to put this out there, but um, well, we can say this if for anybody that, let me go with the last one. Number four is if you don't know what you're going to do, you're freaking out about taxes, file an extension with the IRS today. Okay. Go there today. Because that is something where I'm not going to say do it tomorrow or you can say you're going to do it on the weekend. Just get it done. I mean, that's just literally go over there and say you need an extension. Go to the irs.gov uh, website. I wish Marissa was on here right now because she could help me with this more. Um, but she is in she is neck deep in taxes. Obviously, this is tax season and uh, she's a tax accountant. So um, but what I would say is get your get your extent file for an extension immediately. Um, don't file for an extension and go, Whoo, I don't have to do it. You absolutely do. But file for the extension if you don't have a plan right now to have your taxes in by next Monday, period. Like if you don't have something, a plan right now done, I would go file the extension. I mean, even if you do get it done by Monday, it doesn't hurt that you filed the extension. You can still file them. But file the extension. Now don't push that extension anymore. Um, but do one of those. Uh, after tax season, if you have any questions and you did file an extension, you want to reach out, uh, maybe Marissa and I could do a live stream. Or um, if you guys want to email questions that you have, um, maybe Marissa and I could do a week where I have her on for a segment and we talk about the questions that came in. So steve at rideshare email those over. And Marissa and I maybe could sit down and I, I'll ask her and we'll record it and I'll do all the questions. So therefore, the questions will be answered. I'll bring it onto the podcast. You guys can check it out. And maybe that will be helpful to you, who, of those of you who have to file an extension or already have. Uh, now let's move on. So 
let's let's have a little bit of good news huh yeah right on so uh you've got, everybody's probably seen the article okay because it was all over i don't know why it wasn't all over for longer I'm a little bummed because if you remember around the christmas season gary and i were talking about um well a lot of us were like why is there no good news we were really challenging each other on the thursday round table Oh, which, by the way, duh, I got sidetracked. Um, the Thursday Ryan table that I was telling you guys to join on YouTube on Thursdays, if you don't, it does drop on this, on Rideshare Rodeo podcast, on all podcast platforms on Fridays. If you're wondering what that is, so Rideshare Rodeo podcast drops every Tuesday. It's going to be 45 to minutes to an hour long. Um, and then on Friday, the round table we do Thursday night or drop the audio version on the audio podcast. So that's all you're going to see every week are those two. Um, so, I mean, just keep, uh, if you wonder what those Fridays are, that's what they are. So uh, check them out, keep checking them out. But here's the deal. So we were, we challenge each other to find good news. Okay. Like I found this story, Kim ran with it last week on the, on the rodeo round table, but um, God must've put you in my car. Uber driver donates kidney to passenger. Um, the story's pretty amazing. I gotta say, the the passenger, if you don't, if you aren't familiar with the story, the passenger who donated the kidney was giving the man a ride from New Jersey or from Virginia to New Jersey or so. It was a 40-minute drive. Okay. Um, so during that 40-minute ride, these two really clicked. They connected on many levels. Um, the driver is a veteran um and had served in the in uh you know, and, and so he, and he's, he's now back in Germany. So I think he's still in that system too, but you know, they're the story of their bond in 40 minutes is one that'll kind of blow you away. Um, it's one of the most, um, selfless, uh, nicest, um, just what one of the, it is the best sto gig story I've ever heard. So, the driver ends up donating a kidney to a passenger. I mean, complete humanitarianism. Did not know the man before. Met him. 40-minute ride. They During that, they 40 minutes, they talked through all of that. And in 40 minutes, this driver, who already had served this country as well, decided that he was going to give this man his kidney. I mean... I gotta say, I try and be the best person I can every day. That just this just blows me away. Um, so major kudos to this guy. You guys, you can find the article. Uh, um, well, it's it's on uberliftdrivers.com, but also if if you were to just uh, well, I'll put I'll put it in the show notes. Um, so, but yeah, so but it is on uberliftdrivers.com. You can go there and it's one of the headline articles of the past like five days, I believe, but go read it. It's warming. And I just, I love, I love a story like this where we can step away for a minute and say, okay, well, everything's not so bad. The world isn't coming to an end. Boom. It's not going to explode. What's going on. <laughs> you know, like, um, okay. So we've seen this story before. I don't know why it just came out again on Vice. Uh, you guys know on the audio side, you guys know I love Vice. Um, there have not been as many good Vice stories anymore. Uh, and a couple of the writers from Vice that I loved are gone now, um, who really covered the gig economy pretty well. But this is a good one written by uh, Depot uh, 
uh, fellow fellowian. And if I said that wrong, I am so sorry, sir, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> uh, but I think that is correct. I try and pride myself on getting these right. Um, but Uber accused of charging people more if their phone battery is low. A small study in the Belgium newspaper uh, looked at whether the app charges its pricing for users in Brussels based on their battery. We've had that same issue here a couple of times. If you guys aren't familiar, we have had that exact same problem where, where we've questioned this exact same problem. I remember this being in New York City. I remember it in Miami. And I think I remember one in Texas too, where the story came out for a few weeks of this problem. And every time I there was, I got to be honest with you, if you go to uberliftdrivers.com and you search this, you'll probably come up with a bunch of articles because I've talked about it many times. Um, so it's, and the stories come out just like this, but there's never a solution. It I feel like they do prove that it's happening. And or especially here in the United States, the, the stories that I remember from about a year plus ago, maybe more, a year and a half. Um, again, rideshare just go to search. You know, there's an article posted every day. So just search, uh, I guess, you know the name of this title even, you know, Uber accused of charging people more if phone battery is low. You'll see that probably on the, click that. And then at the bottom, it has relative stories from the website. So however you want to do it, um, but check this out. So every time it seems to be proved right. And in the three instances, I remember here in the United States, the stories kind of blew up in that surrounding Metro. Like if, let's, if it was in Texas, it was like the city blew it up in stories and news. And then even the, the whole state would, and it, it, it was like they found out that, yes, this is happening um, by doing simple testing of like having a low battery phone and, and then six battery powered phones. I mean, it was like some of these got a little deeper and so and seeing what happened. But it was uh, every time I feel like they do prove that this happens a little bit and it every time I don't see a solution for it. We don't ever see like what. OK, so what are you doing about it? I mean, I haven't even, to be honest, I don't even see where the fines get slapped on them. Now, with this one, obviously, this is, uh, um, this one wouldn't have a solution yet because this is just being brought up. Um, Uber, in fact, in this article on Vice says, Uber uh, does not take into, uh, take into account the phone's battery level to calculate the price of a trip, um, the company said. Okay, now that is what they say every time, but... Um, just so you know, I'll put a little spin on this too. Um, it was 2016 uh, when Keith Chen, uh, who who used to be the head of economic research for Uber, uh, when Keith said in an interview with NPR that the company had found that people with lower uh, battery levels were more willing to pay for surge pricing. Chen denied the company was specifically raising prices on the users, but some commentators voiced skepticism about why the company was monitoring battery life at all. And that's where we don't really have any more info. I mean, I've seen that portion. I've seen that this thing stated twice and both times. That's what I, this is almost exactly what I see. And those were like a year ago. But here's my point is the very ending comes from the guy who, 
who was the head of this department at Uber, he he said the company specifically uh, or the, denies that the company specifically is raising prices on you on these users. But some of the commentators voiced skepticism about why the company was monitoring battery life at all. That part meaning it's proven. Why is Uber caring about your battery life? Is it because they don't want to send you an order? Or they don't want to send you a passenger? I mean, because... I get that, but I don't. I mean, even DoorDash has a stupid prompt screen when you log in that says is your battery charged or i don't know whatever i mean just put that in i mean we already we deal with some of the weirdest tos's in the world right so this is no this is no shock but i mean you know just put it up there like you make sure your battery's charged and then at that point you know what does it matter because let's be honest um if their battery dies and you send them an order who cares I mean, that just means that they won't accept it. But we're past the point of an acceptance rating. I mean, you guys, Uber still shows it, but it does not matter because they can't have it both ways. They can't have us be independent contractors, but want to use the employee model for acceptance kind of thing. You can't have an acceptance rating on an independent contractor. So interesting stuff. I'm very, I'm going to follow this story, even though it's out of country. And I'm actually going to really look into more of this Keith Chen interview because I want to see, I did this once before and I found the interview and I watched it, but I don't think I backtracked it from there. And that's what I need to do. I need to see where some of the earlier discussions before what I saw in a video happened where, where obviously Uber and everybody is where the, where it first came up about Hey, why are you even forget about the, the the scandals or the accusations? Why are you watching battery life? Because I feel like if it is something about like, well, we don't want a driver taking a passenger to have a phone die. Well, I mean, that would be on the driver. They'd still know where they're going. They could take the passenger there. And um, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but the you know, I mean, that doesn't mean anything because the passenger still has their phone so unless they both died but even then i mean it's just it's an independent contractor world guys so i mean if you don't have a phone charger if your phone charger breaks and and you didn't replace it well that's on you and if it makes it so you can't perform your work then you're probably then you'll probably get what i call a legitimate complaint which are very rare <laughs> you know like, that's actually like if it only if it got somebody in trouble like if your phone died and you're taking somebody to the airport and they said Frontier Airlines or United, and you're already two miles from the airport and your phone dies, no problem. You go take them there, you drop you drop them off at United, have a nice day. They don't know your phone's dead. You go charge it somewhere, and then you close out that account, and you're just losing time at that point. But let's let's let me see. I'll dive into this a bit more. If everybody saw Dara, CEO of Uber, um, Dara did. 100 rides over the past few months. Now, those of us who have done rideshare know that that's nothing. That's nothing. Um, 100 rides, seriously, that's nothing. Um, so, but first of all, I saw the setup they have. It really does look like he was doing it. And we all know that in the past when they would have, I mean, even Dara has done these before where they do it for like five rides. And, 
you know, we all question it because the security teams go through everything and it's almost like it's his friends getting in the car. And I've never gotten a real response out of him like this time. Um, this time, all of the different articles kind of read the same. And that's kind of weird. You know, Dara is definitely, he'll say something bad about Uber, but he's always got, he always seems to have a three good things to say after, you know, it's like, he just can't take a bite. And on this one is like the first time I've ever seen him truly take a bite. It seems like he's like, uh, you know, like, I mean, some of the articles and this isn't clickbait stuff is literally, he was saying things like after doing this, like, I, I think the customers are, you know, rude. Um, you know, they don't tip They're You know, I mean, he, it, it sounded like he was a, a real driver. You know, I I've said to people that I believe him driving the car isn't as powerful to me as because we never would know with Dara what, you know, what they've got set up for him, who they're throwing him for rides. And e even though they claim they're not, I'm sure they have some security type set up where he's not going certain place. I don't know. Okay. Even though he's got the cameras running and stuff, but here's the thing. I would find it much more interesting to learn about instead of I did a hundred rides over two months. Okay. I don't care. I would be much more interested to learn about Dara doing an eight hour shift with a rideshare driver, like in San Francisco, for instance, who's been working it, um, who has the most rides, best rating, and has been working it the longest. Take the top five of those people, have him do an eight hour day with each of them that are still active and uh, spend eight hours in the passenger seat, just listening and watching and, um, and learning how uh, you how the driver actually feels, not him doing it, but watching a driver go, damn it, decline, decline, damn it, offer sucks. You know, like let him hear that stuff. Let him watch an actual worker suffer. Because for him to say, wait, this is really bad. We need to fix this. Okay, but Dara, you're going home to a dinner that probably costs more than a driver's rent. I mean, I know some people might have laughed at that. It's not funny at all. Um, you know, I mean, do people deserve dinners like that? Sure. Am, am I like maybe making more out of it? <laughs> maybe, but really? Like, you know, on any given night, would it shock you to learn that Dara charged? A, let's say, I, here's what I would say. In one week, Dara, Dara has at least one dinner per week where he charges more in that one dinner than your rent to gig workers. In fact, I would almost say double. Like where if so let's say your rent's 2500 I would say he's spending five to seven thousand a week on a dinner. Now some will be personal for friends and things like that. Some will be write-off ones for Uber, but I'm just pointing it out. So like that guy's perspective doesn't matter to me as much. My what where I would gain some appreciation for the man is if he did a ride along with five legit drivers who are veteran, who know how, how things were, how things got, have rode through all the highs and lows are still here and watch how they work and watch their mentality. And maybe after like four hours, you know, the first four hours, just make him watch. Maybe after that, give him like, you know, in between rides, as long as there's no riders, let him, talk to the driver and then say, Hey, you know, I've been noticing some things and let them get into it. That's real. That's, that's real to me.
an article that pops out saying Dara's been undercover or doing driving Uber, whatever. Like, first of all, I know this one sounds more real from Dara's point of view, but could he have done 10 rides and said this too? Absolutely. And does that mean all the newspapers are lying? No, it just means that he said he's doing he did a hundred over a couple months undercover. And they have no way of showing that or proving that, or they have no, they wouldn't even show any proof for that. So it doesn't matter. Um, okay. What the cyber glitch on April Fool's Day? Wow, you guys. If any of you were part of that, I'm so sorry. Um, this was March 31st, April 1st, April 2nd. And what it was doing was, I think it was doubling the base pay. There's a bunch of explanations. You guys go to, again, go to rideshareradio.com. There's a button. There's in like a few of the posts of the last set, six, seven days. There's probably two or three of the April Fool's glitch one. Go in there and find any of the articles, read up on it, or Google search um, Uber's April Fool glitch and look into it because you'll see that it makes, you know, in most articles, it'll tell you like some people are seeing these pretty um, static type things double the the base pay or whatever but then some people are seeing very dynam dynamic things like complete changes and what uber did was they did a clawback so they didn't even send you they sent you an email saying that there was a glitch you had been overpaid and we have taken 63 dollars of your earnings but then there's a lot of drivers out there with screenshots who can say no i i did 15 rides i have every screenshot and they all what the screenshot says is what I was paid. And then you guys took $63 out of those. And at that point they are wrong because when Uber went to upfront pricing, the, bad on you guys. Now for the ones that showed, you know, whatever base pay, and then you got paid twice as much as the screenshot. Okay. Those probably are legit. And how that's handled, I think, should be a little bit better, though, than an email that doesn't even show people the details of what happened. It just says we had a glitch and you owe or we had to take out $70 of your pay. We all know how Uber works. You can't call them about that and say, hey, I need to discuss this with somebody. I mean, they could be like, you know, literally like you. I don't think you could get to somebody who could really, really give you any news other than no news that you got from the email. <laughs> so I would challenge you if you can get into uh, Uber. The, I think, see, guys, I think often the better fight is to, like if you have a favorite uh, radio station or if you have a favorite, uh, even if you don't watch it daily, news station, like if you, if you really needed to see the nightly news and it's something you never do though, you're on the internet, you don't care anymore, but you really needed to, which channel would you go to? everybody has a channel probably in their area my point is and if you don't just pick one but you're better off going to a reporter about something like this that hey you know this happened and guess what um i would call the company but nobody can help you there because here's the thing the reporters will call and if they can't get help that's when you see those kind of things that say uber refused comment or uber did was unable to comment those are harsh reality comments um so yeah, I just wanted to bring that out there to you guys. There was it was a real screw up. I'm sorry to any of you that that happened to. Um, on April 1st, um, Michigan, long known as a mainstay of organized labor, uh, became the first state in decades to repeal a union restriction law known as the right to work, uh, or right to work, that passed over a decade ago. Okay, so the state's right to work law had allowed those in 
in unionized workplaces to opt out of paying union dues and fees. Its repeal is seen as a major victory for organized labor, with union membership reaching an all-time low last year. Um, and that's in the nation, not just Michigan, um, all-time low. Uh, so today we are coming together to restore workers' rights, uh, protect Michiganders on the job, and grow Michigan's middle class, is what Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmore said on the statement on Friday when she repealed it, on which actually would have been the 31st. But um, So here's the thing, though. Um, I'm from Michigan, and the right-to-work law is not something they want to get rid of. I mean, the people of Michigan. This is kind of, let's put it this way. It's the same thing that happened in California with AB5. Now, again, don't, Steve, ride your rodeo.com, but do not, please don't say that I'm talking about Prop 22 here. I'm not. Prop 22 was a solution to AB5. So let's step back. The AB5 problem that killed off millions of, of careers, not jobs, careers of independent contractors, traditional ones too, not because the gig economy got the carve out with Prop 22, but I'm not talking about that today. Just the AB5 side, millions of careers, businesses lost, even nonprofits. I've talked about it many times, but no new jobs created, nothing still to help people. Anytime a group got big enough to complain, they just gave them another carve out. I mean, if you don't know that, go look at the uh, go look at AB five, and then Google search AB two two five seven, because that one will blow you away. If you read AB five first and then read AB two two five seven, they added what like four hundred fields that were now exempt from AB five, but still leaving out like another four hundred, which was millions of people. Um, and we've listed them too many times. You guys go look up my Karen Anderson episodes, Kim Cavan, uh, Lisa Rothstein, um, uh, Mike Karubi, uh, any of these people that I did podcasts with. I've got them all. Go down the Rideshare Rodeo podcast wherever you're listening to this and check them out if you haven't already heard them. Um, but do I think a state is right or wrong to have right to work law? No. But if you have one, to repeal it is weird, especially with... Here, the trend of unions going like this. Is there a time and a place for unions? Because I have been asked this lately. It's been actually quite a, a controversial topic where I feel like people are coming at me like, hey, I like unions. And it's like, well, okay, I don't hate unions. I mean, teachers union needs to be there. Teachers union is a mess and it needs a lot of cleanup, but so does our government, so does everything. But it needs a complete overhaul. But the teachers need to have a union. I believe that. The um, Now, police and fire and uh, first responder type stuff absolutely need unions. Otherwise, they could be put into extreme danger or like too few workers to handle a situation. Whereas those unions will make sure that's not. And this is life or death stuff. I mean, this of course, that's needed. Now I'm talking about the extremes that are needed, but then there's others that are needed. Um, you know, there's a there's a there's a guy on YouTube, Wesley. Um, he, he pointed out to me, and I've known he's a union worker for a while. Um, again, I got no problem with it. I grew up again. I grew up in Michigan. Most of my family, at some point in their, especially the farther you go back in our history, I mean, pretty much because we're all like Lansing or Detroit metro 
area. That's like my whole family is that. So it's all auto industry. So at some point, most of my family was in the auto industry and that involves a union. So, of, but that was a different type of union. And there are still the unions. My friend, like I was speaking about my friend Wesley on YouTube, he, okay, he, he believes strongly in unions. He gave me a list of some of the companies he's worked at. And he's like, you know, these are unions. And I was looking at him going, you know, if I, if I was going to work at those places, I would actually probably need a union too, because it's almost like going into some of them. I don't want to name them by name because I don't want to, I don't want to bring out bad in any company, but he listed, I mean, there were other companies he could have listed where I would have said, I don't think there's a place for that. But the ones he listed, absolutely. I agreed. I was like, yeah. And they're big ones. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, but we're like, he's like, you know, I'm glad there's a union. And I actually responded with, I think that I would even go as far as to say that part of you taking the job was based on the fact that that business had a union. It's like when he brought the names of the places up, I was thinking, man, I wouldn't want to work at that place. And I'm sure a lot of people go into those interviews that way. So when you learn that there's a union there to protect you, I think you feel a little bit better about working there. But to me, that's more of a sadness. You know, that's more of the corporate greed that just needs a whip on it. Now, some people will listen to this and go, man, okay, well, what? You're going to say that the gig economies don't have corporate greed and don't need a whip on it? They absolutely do. Now, are you going to say that, well, because they don't make money, you think that there shouldn't apply unions? That's not what, no, I don't think that's why. I Whether you make a profit or not, I think you need to run your business to correct standards. I can just say this. For a while, I have been very opposed to legislation. Um, I am absolutely upside down. We'll fight it to the T, the PRO Act. Because making having everybody in the country be a W-2 employee with union representation is, is not feasible. And in fact, it's we, we, we cannot forget that one third, one third of the workforce. I mean, it used to be 59 uh, million that I said, but I just heard this year 62 million. 62 million people who not part-time, 62 million who rely on their major source of income coming from independent contractorship, freelance writers, um, musicians, the list goes on forever. I'm talking about all of the independent contractors traditional. So one third of our workforce is that. So it, here's where it compares to the AB5 thing. If you, if you were to pass a PRO Act, do you have, I mean, okay. So if you, if you passed a PRO Act and all those independent contractor people went out of business, do you have um, 60, let's even go with 59. Do you have 59 million jobs ready? this country? Do we have 59 million jobs that we've just been holding off going, okay, as soon as ProAct passes, release these jobs? No, we absolutely don't. And also, what are you doing? If you make every business not be able to use independent contractors and not allow people to be independent contractors, then the mom and pops can't stay afloat. They can't. They can't afford for every single person to be an employee in so many fields in so many businesses or seasonal work or things that just need some help for a while. And we've had that established here in this country for a long time. So what I think is happening is the gig economy is a strong contention point for a lot of politicians on both sides. And I don't like that because 
I'm only for the people in the in the political spectrum who are just arguing about stop this argument about are they this or this. And there's only a few who are saying what what I truly believe. Look, gig work, pl- platform work invented, in, you know, 2008 uh, Uber, and this is how the it was created. It was created as we are not employers. We are a platform that dispenses rides to drivers. Now, there's been all kinds of hills from, you know, what the drivers are paid to this, to that, to strikes, to this, to that, to that, and all kinds of dances along the way. But here we are. And a pro act almost got shoved down our throat a couple of years ago. I've said it a few times. And none of most people didn't even know. Most people didn't even know. It's like AB5 passing in the back room or Gretchen Whitmore and her crew passing an end to right to work on a weekend kind of thing. Like you just, I feel like that's something that you, that Gavin Newsom nor Gretchen Whitmore. And again, I'm not against that side, not dogging on just Democrats. Okay. But they don't, I don't feel any politician should have the right to go. Look, if, if a road, like I I use this analogy, if a road, if some roads need fixing, even if it's expensive and it's millions of dollars and Gretchen Whitmore or uh, Whitmer or uh, Gavin Newsom have to make a decision about allocating the funds to fix that road or highway. Absolutely. And we don't all need to talk about it. Just do it. Use the state's funds and allocate it. But stuff like this, removing a right to work law or creating a law called AB5 that made it so that an ABC test was put into place so that you cannot be an independent trucker. You cannot do this. You cannot do that. You cannot... You cannot write stories. You cannot. You can't be an interpreter. You can't be um, a dancer. You can't be um, an opera house owner. Um, you can't be a community theater. Uh, you can't be. Um, I, I'm forgetting a million things. Uh, you know, uh, the like we were talking. Like Karen Anderson says, some of the really niche ones, like you know the um, the forensic uh, people who are nurses who are on call to hospitals for rape situations in rural areas okay so if a rape happens at a hospital in california in an area in a then she goes to a hospital that's rural they will just now have to have some nurse talk to her whereas there is before they were able to call in a forensic nurse who has been specifically trained in how to handle this and how to best handle helping the person the most so for that hospital to be able to have that forensic person work on this they would need to make them an employee and how can you be an employee of the hospital for because you're a rape forensic technologist i mean what are you hoping on and i'm not trying to be a jerk here but are you hoping on a rape a day to make sure that her salary makes sense no, what's going to happen is what what already happened. They don't have one now. And there's a million of these problems. Um, the AB5 blog roll. I'll put that in the show notes. I hope I remember to put all these in the show notes. It's been a minute since I was on the on air, so uh, just for podcasts. But um, getting back to the to this, because I, I was just trying to point out some of the problems with with some of this stuff. So, um, so the right to work law. Um, repealing the right to work law in Michigan was in it was put into place in 2012. Um, so 
let me see. So the, uh, okay, here it is. Uh, Michigan had the nation's seventh highest percent of unionized workers when the right to work law was enacted in 2012, but it dropped to the 11th uh, in 2022 over the past decade. Union membership in Michigan has fallen 2.6% percentage points as overall U.S. union membership has fallen steadily for decades, now reaching an all-time low for the, in, for the country of 10.1%. 10.1% of employees are unionized. And there have been points in this country where it was upward of 25%. 2022, maybe. 2022. I don't know about 25. I've actually seen like 22 or 21.9. I don't remember what year it was. Um, but now, um, so, uh, okay, so yeah, so the, in, tw in total, 26 states now have right to work states, right to work laws in place. There were massive protests in Indiana and Wisconsin in re recent years to do the same thing and curb the rights and get rid of these, but it didn't happen. Uh, Michigan, uh, thousands of union supporters descended on state capital to protest in 2012 um, the right to work legislation uh, through without hearings. So uh, neighboring states, small business. Okay, so where's the... Um, yeah, I mean, basically, what's what I was looking for though, and I, maybe I'm in the wrong article for it, um, is so that oh, here's the here's the argument from from Gretchen and her team on why they did this and why they did it, not going to a vote, is that um, they're they're arguing that the law, the right to work law, allowed free riders. Um, that received union representation without having to pay fees or dues. Without it, unions can now require all workers in a unionized workplace to pay fees for the cost of representation and bargaining. So, okay, there's a little problem here. And I did my fact checking today uh, with, with a couple of the people that I've prior named who know this stuff inside now. Okay. Um, free riders. Nobody's liking this term right now because that received union representation without paying fees or dues. Okay, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Because if you are an employee who optimized the right to work law, then you, you don't have the ability. If, if the union represent, representative says strike, we're, we're at an impasse strike. All the people paying in the union get to strike. The people who opt out of the right to work um, are employees. So now they, if they go strike, those people can be fired with cause for not showing up. Do you see what I'm saying? Because a union person that strikes is protected by the union. So if, if like, I am a if if I were in a company and I wasn't in the union and the union says strike. And then I'm like, this is really bad. The pay has gotten awful. I want to strike too. I don't have that ability. All I have the ability to do is quit. And in which case I got to say this because this is just me. This is just my opinion, but I would rather quit. 
I don't want to go to strike a company to push things down their throat that they don't want to do that then get taken out on workers in other ways. We know how workplace environments have changed over the decades. And I would rather just have the ability to go, okay, well, I'm done. You can't pay me that. I'm done. I mean, the pandemic taught me a lot. I, I guess maybe not all those takeaways were taken by everybody, but I got to say that like, I'm surprised because there are jobs out there. If somebody says you're paying union dues now, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm actually going to just go get another job. But if you're somewhere and you don't mind paying them, great. But here's my thing. And here's the thing that catches this free riders BS. If all you had to do was optimize your right to work and you got union representation in full, wouldn't every single employee of the business opt out of right to work or, or opt out of the union? If it meant they don't have to pay union dues, but they're still going to be represented, represented by the union, wouldn't they all opt out? Huh. Ponder that one. You guys, it's been great. See you back here all, next week on the Rat Share Rodeo. Until then, earn smart. Be safe, you guys. And uh, see you back here next week. Until then, y'all be y'all be good to each other. Y'all be safe. And uh, look forward to seeing you down the road. Okay, you guys, have a great week.